Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the Thriving Treasury podcast series, brought to you by Treasury Today and HSBC. Throughout this series, we explore how Treasury departments can build strategies for success in an ever-changing, globalised, connected and increasingly innovative world. Imagine a bank offering that can help rationalise the number of physical accounts your company has and also allows you to simplify the management of those accounts. Imagine also if that same solution enabled your business to gain superior visibility and control over your cash balances, improve your payment processes and reduce accounts receivable and reconciliation issues at a stroke. And all of this without adding layers of complexity or expensive technology. You might think a product that offers all this is too good to be true. I'm Richard Parkinson at Treasury Today, and today I'm heading across London to HSBC at Canada Square to learn more about virtual accounts, a product that does all of this. The first virtual account structures appeared in the 1990s. These were largely leveraged by financial institutions such as insurance companies, FX brokers and pension funds. The solution first captured corporate interest after the arrival of SEPA and the harmonisation of the European payments landscape. Since then, banks and other providers have worked to develop the solution, making it more applicable for the requirements of corporate treasurers. As a result, virtual accounts have been one of the great innovations in cash management in recent years, and corporate interest in the solution is growing rapidly. The major drive behind this has been companies using virtual accounts to facilitate bank consolidation and treasury centralisation projects. So just how can virtual accounts help your treasury operation? I'm about to speak to Matthew Wagstaff, Global Product Manager, Virtual Accounts at HSBC to find out. Matthew's an expert on virtual accounts, leading HSBC's innovation around the solution and also helping many clients implement them. Matthew, really great to meet you. Hi, I'm Richard Parkinson. Likewise, my name is Matthew Axelhoff. Nice to meet you. Okay, Matthew, tell me, what exactly are virtual accounts? Virtual accounts aren't new. They've been around in the industry for a good while now. Typically in the past, virtual accounts have been used to identify payers. Where we're taking virtual accounts now is to give them more functionality so they look and feel more like a real bank account, so you can do not only collections but payments also. What is different with the new style of virtual accounts? The new style virtual accounts look like a real bank account. So they have a sort code, they have an account number, and therefore when you issue your virtual accounts to your clients or to your customers, they look as if they're paying to a real bank account. With a real bank account, you obviously have to consider the bank account mandate associated and how you also have signatures. With virtual accounts, the concept of mandate doesn't exist. Instead, virtual accounts inherits the authorizations and powers associated to the real bank account. So if you're making payments to a virtual account, typically we'd expect payments to come through in a pre-authorised form. So virtual accounts look, feel and operate like a real bank account. It has a balance, it has transactions and it can be reported as if it was a real bank account. And that's key for system integration. Matthew, could you describe to me how virtual accounts can be used in a cash management structure? Certainly. The best way to achieve that will be to describe a hypothetical organisational structure. So consider a large corporate with a centralised treasury in London and then sales or subsidiaries on a European basis. Typically, in a cash management function, cash has a tendency to drip down to subsidiaries. 
and then we need to use cash management techniques to concentrate those funds back to the corporate treasury. Virtual accounts is a natural intercompany solution insofar as the cash is naturally concentrated in the physical account without the need to move funds away from the subsidiaries back to the corporate treasury centre. How does that happen? All the transactions are ultimately processed against the real account owner. Virtual accounts are just ledger records. Which enable you to identify certain sets of transactions. Which allow you to segregate transactions on either an entity-by-entity basis or, if you want to, a product or group basis. So if the real account carries 100 transactions and that's representative of 10 entities, what you might find at the virtual account level is each of those virtual accounts has 10 transactions against it. It's not possible to have a transaction on the real account that hasn't been allocated to a virtual account, and it's not possible to have a transaction on the virtual account that isn't mirrored on the real account. Now, how are balances handled? With virtual accounts today, you can just identify transactions coming through. With virtual accounts that we're developing at the moment, they carry a balance as well. So not only can you track the transactions, but you can also track the balance on a virtual account. What are the main benefits of virtual accounts? There's two main benefits to virtual accounts. One of the key benefits is the ability to reduce the footprint of your physical accounts. The second benefit is, of course, the main or the cash concentration that's naturally occurring with your virtual accounts. So from a cash management perspective, you will continue to manage your cash on your virtual accounts as if they were a real account. You will continue to forecast your account payables and you will continue to forecast your account receivables. The advantage is you wouldn't need to fund it. You wouldn't need to pre-fund virtual accounts in the way you would do a real account because all the transactions are processed actually on the real account. Virtual accounts are a natural way of cash concentration. So you wouldn't necessarily change your existing procedures and processes around cash forecasting and cash management. How would you use virtual accounts to identify individual customer payments? So virtual accounts can be used as a power identifier. What you would do as an organisation is to look at your key clients and potentially allocate them an individual virtual account on a client-by-client basis. That would allow you to segregate the transactions for those individual customers. And you would use that for those customers that you have an ongoing, high-frequency relationship. For the customers with whom you deal less frequently, you might decide to group a number of clients or issue a number of clients with the same virtual account. So what this is beginning to do is it's beginning to address my reconciliation issues. One aspect is addressing the reconciliation aspect. One aspect of virtual accounts is, as we have used it in the past to identify payers, we can continue to use virtual accounts to identify payers, but we can do so now more so on a balanced basis versus just the individual transactions. So for example, you might decide to allocate your key customers an individual virtual account. And you know that any transaction that occurs against that account is for that one customer only. So it identifies the company you're dealing with, but not necessarily the individual invoice or transaction that's involved. That's correct. Using virtual accounts for Payo ID allows you to identify who's paid you, but not what they've paid you. How do you see corporates actually using virtual accounts? An ongoing objective for corporate treasuries is effective cash management. And what has been an industry trend for the last 20 years is in-house banking. Typically today, in-house banking is managed either through treasury technology, such as an ERP platform, enterprise risk platform, or a treasury management system platform, in conjunction with using cash management techniques such as notional pooling or cash concentration. Virtual accounts is going to change the way that works. You can use virtual accounts to facilitate your payment activity 
and your receivable activity. And when you're doing this on behalf of subsidiaries, this is effectively payments on behalf of or receipts on behalf of. And therefore, virtual accounts could be fundamental to your in-house banking solution. What types of transactions can be supported by virtual accounts? Virtual accounts can support all transaction types. So virtual accounts are a mirror of all the transactional activity that occurs on the real account. But virtual accounts lend themselves more naturally to electronic payment types. So backs, chaps, faster payments, cross-border payments are all natural electronic payment instructions. Virtual accounts can also support cash and check transactions, but the way we do so is by first processing the transaction on the real account and then subsequently allocating it down to the virtual account to which they belong. When you have a virtual account, is there any change in the nature of the relationship with the bank? Remember the core components to a virtual account structure. You will have one physical account and then beneath that, multiple virtual accounts. In the instance that those virtual accounts are representative of a group subsidiaries, it's therefore a multi-entity virtual account structure. So the nature of the relationship of a corporate treasury centre changes with the bank. The bank continues to perform full KYC on a physical account owner. The subsidiary relationship moves from the intercompany relationship between the physical account owner and the participating subsidiaries and the bank needs to perform a lighter due diligence on participating subsidiaries. And I guess the main reason for that is what you explained earlier, which is that the uh, virtual account is really being used for bookkeeping purposes and is, in some respects, not a real bank account. That's correct. What are the regulations that must be considered? So our payment transparency regulations require us to quote the real account holder's name on the payment instruction. However, where the payment instruction allows us we move the virtual account name down to the ultimate data fields in the payment instruction to allow our clients' customers to identify ultimately who has made that payment to them. So you're sort of addressing their account reconciliation issues in doing that? Correct. Matthew, tell me how virtual accounts would be integrated into Treasury technology. With HSBC's virtual account solution comes a brand new platform. And that platform will be accessed via our HSBC Net. That new platform will allow you to build and create and self-service your virtual account structures. But we recognise that actually corporates already have extensive treasury technology and that integration of virtual accounts into that technology is key. One of the key benefits of virtual accounts is that they can be integrated directly into your ERP and TMS systems. Virtual accounts can be reported via either MT, CAMT or in BI format and that allows you to seamlessly integrate those virtual accounts into your ERP and TMS platforms. Okay, that sounds like quite a lot of flexibility. Are there any downsides or maybe some other considerations that a treasurer should be thinking about if they're considering virtual accounts? Hopefully I've described to you the benefits that come along with using a virtual account structure. The downside of the largest consideration you need to take into account is how am I going to implement such a solution? The right virtual account solution will take thinking about. So in implementing a virtual account solution would require that corporate treasurers revisit their existing cash management structure to identify the incremental benefits that can be achieved from a virtual account solution. Matthew, could you give me some examples of the sort of corporate that's going to benefit from virtual accounts? 
I'd rather explain the spectrums, perhaps. So on one end of the spectrum, virtual accounts can be used by that single entity organization that wants to use virtual accounts to identify all of its customers paying to it within its group. Or even still, a single entity organization that actually wants to use virtual accounts to segregate by products or by lines of business within its organization. So a single entity company might use virtual accounts as a way of segregating transactional activity either by line of business or by product line. At the other end of the spectrum would be the typical global multi-entity organization that is comprehensive of tens of hundreds of subsidiaries. And then all the guys in the middle. Indeed. So it sounds like almost any company with a number of transactions or a number of products or a number of clients should be having a look at this. Correct. Okay, so what about the future of virtual accounts? Where do you see virtual accounts going in the next year or so? Virtual accounts are here to stay. Virtual accounts won't replace existing cash management techniques such as cash concentration or notion of pooling. Virtual accounts become another tool in the cash management arsenal. Over the coming years, I think we will see more and more corporates adopt a virtual account solution within their cash management structure. And they may not replace, but they're certainly going to help with cash concentration and with account reconciliation. They will do indeed. That was great. Thank you so much for taking us through the structure of virtual accounts. I understand them a lot more now. It was my pleasure. Thank you. That was Matthew Wagstaff, Global Product Manager of Virtual Accounts at HSBC. I think it's pretty clear that virtual accounts can offer value to every treasury department. Most importantly, they provide the foundation to create a truly innovative and world-class cash management structure. I'm Richard Parkinson from the Treasury Today Group. Thank you for listening to the Thriving Treasury podcast, brought to you by Treasury Today and HSBC. Keep an eye out for new episodes and listen to past episodes of Thriving Treasury wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.